episode 315, Cavit Haria. Don't sleep on it. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, host of Awaken Your Alpha, the number one men's development podcast for inspirational stories and strategies to thrive as a man. As a coach, keynote speaker, and best-selling author, it has been my mission going on four years on the podcast to bring you the best, the very best, the struggles, the action, and to share the real journey with you. Please subscribe to support the show through ayalpha.com and join the conversation in the Facebook group, Awaken Your Alpha with ALW. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. Well, we have a great one for you today. We have Kavit Harrier on the line. He is an online business strategist. I don't think I've interviewed someone who I know so well and spent so much time with. We've been planning to do this interview for so long. Basically, we've been busy actioning, implementing, and making things happen. So this was something that we needed to do, and we just wanted to get the right time. And until now, with his book coming out, this is the perfect time. I'll give you a little bit of background. Having previously recorded albums at Abbey Road Studios and performed with the likes of Jimmy Page at the Royal Albert Hall, Cabot used his music experiences to start sharing his own self-promotion techniques with, to help other upcoming artists. Long story short, business owners then realized how well he was promoting himself and wanted him to help with their businesses, online business development, releasing lots of courses, helping lots of people. Um, I'm going to hand it over to him in a minute, but I know Cabot for the last three years when we originally aligned up this podcast. And as I said, we had to reschedule once or twice. And then we got talking, realized it was a meeting of minds that complemented. And then we got busy helping people. So firstly, Cavit, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? Oh, yes. I know that bio was a little bit choppy because of obviously our background. I want to mention obviously your book, Don't Sleep On It, coming out now. Is there anything you want to highlight about you, yourself, that you're all about at the moment? Yeah, loaded question. But yeah, thanks for that introduction. Lots. We jumped around in that. I think that was brilliant. Covered lots of different aspects of um, what I'm doing. I guess right now, the most important and exciting thing that I've been doing uh, on a business front over the last three and a half years is the work that you're involved in as well, which is the automated business system. And I know we schedule this podcast um through a mutual friend of ours esther and uh and then it never really happened until right now which is very exciting and the reason for that is because you know i started to build out this service called the automated business system and uh i would take people from uh start to finish in in structuring from the ground up their business ideas and then helping them launch and implement it and then help them market it and we would take that over a 12 month period and I've been doing a huge amount of all of that work myself, including bringing on new clients. And then when we met and we aligned and we resonated so well, you know, you came on board and you took on the role of speaking to lots and lots of hundreds of people really over the last three years mm. on their ideas, their businesses, giving them some insights, some direction. So, you know, I, I can't even be begin to talk about the number of people you've spoken to and therefore the amount of experience that you must have built out doing that which is fantastic. And uh, so you took on a huge amount of work doing that, which allowed me to focus on building our team uh, to run the rest of it. So it's been really exciting for me to see how we've developed a team that is very loyal, is very conscious, is very aware, is very motivated, is, is moving in the direction of improvement all the time, trying new things, trying new, offering new suggestions and implementing them. Um, and therefore also bringing our clients 
who have who are either coaches, consultants, trainers, speakers, teachers, healers, uh, advisors, guiders, uh, people that are running any kind of service uh, and really showing them how to leverage and grow their audience um, and their platform by showing and showcasing their work to the world, which, as you said, it all culminates very nicely in a big summary, which is an entire summary and walkthrough of all the processes and details that we follow, which is in the book right now. Don't sleep on it. That's, I loved the title uh, when I heard that and when you came out with it, because literally you talked about my role and how I'm involved. What I love about it is I'm talking to people and it's literally the biggest thing generally holding people back is the belief and the confidence. And they basically are sleeping on these ideas for not just weeks, months, years. That, that question I've said to you before, you know, if not now, when? Most of the time they're holding themselves back. I love that, I get to hear people's ideas, you know, their passions and what they're, what they're really interested in. It stares me in the face. What is the, the big blockage? What's holding them back? And also where you can help them. And I can see the path that's going to you know, come out in front of them. And I'm just excited. I get very excited for them and the possibilities that are coming. So with Don't Sleep On It, I dug into an advanced copy and I had a look at it around the fire last night. And I have to say, one of the best, if not the best, success quotes I have ever read. I absolutely loved it that you start the book with. I've got it here. The Benjamin Zander one. Yes, I absolutely love it. I mean, anyone listen to this show, and obviously, you know, I'm a big fan of quotes. And I just, I read that quote and I was like, oh, yes, that is success. So Benjamin Zander is, just for some background, is, is a conductor for the Boston Philharmonic Orchestra. And um, an amazing guy. The, the way I came across him is because I read a book of his, which was called The Art of Possibility. And I highly recommend that book. Um, to anyone and he really talks about some amazing things that he does in his class so he teaches every year a group of musicians and he shows them exactly how to uh, well he teaches them how to be in the orchestra essentially and guides them on that process and he has a series of videos on YouTube uh, of him in that class so it's really worthwhile checking out but one of the things he says is that what if if every student who came into the class right at the beginning of the class was given an A. So every single student in the class for the entire year, instead of waiting to the very end to take an examination and then to be graded, what if they got a grade A at the very beginning and all they had to do was go through the class full-heartedly and very, at the very end, write up a letter as to why they deserved that A and then submit that. The whole mental attitude, the whole frame of mind changes because you've been given an A right at the beginning. So it's very touched by that example. But the quote says, I have a definition of success. For me, it's very simple. It's not about wealth and fame and power. It's about how many shining eyes I have around me. And I, I, I really do, you know, when I do talks on stage and you've been at many of them, or I am speaking on, on Facebook or online, or I'm speaking to people individually or I'm meeting people in the office, when I really have this conversation with them about their work, about what they're bringing to the world, about how they're really excited to show that passion up and change things with the business they're doing. And you hear, if you're on the phone, you hear in their voice, or if you're in person, you see on their face, you really do get this moment of shining eyes when you've had something said that makes an impact. It doesn't happen all the time, but when you do say something that strikes a chord with someone, that really resonates with someone, and you look at them and you see this glow in their face or the, the, the change of tone in their voice, you know you've had an impact. Now that is really the reason why I think we're all doing the work we're doing. Yeah, absolutely love it. And I think a lot, a lot of the work I like is 
where you take complex subjects and simplify things. And I just love trying to simplify things. And for us, as a success quote goes, once you break it all down, you know, how many shining eyes I have around me. I think that really resonated with me. Um, and I think the little shining eyes that are looking at me with my family, I absolutely love that. And the people you get to spend time with. Yeah. I say to people when, you know, I've interviewed, you know, over 300 inspiring people like yourself and I don't collaborate and work with really hardly any of them on an ongoing long-term basis. I really resonate with your story. And also I've never seen really seen you flustered particularly. I like the way that you, you know, very logical um, and process oriented about, you know, how to get an outcome and how to get a goal. I wondered if you could just touch on your background. I know we touched on it a little bit there, but your origins and when you feel like you had that moment where you, you really, your eyes shine out and you found right, this is it. Cause I know you obviously were a very skilled drum player and you can explain a little bit about that. It's a very different path you're on now. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say it's, a, it's an amazing question. It's one of those questions that you look for. I play a drum called the tabla. It's a North Indian drum and it's an instrument that origins from uh, the northern area of India. And basically there are two drums. You play them with your fingers, not with your palms. You normally play like the bongos, the congos, the djembes with your palm, but you play the tablet with your fingers. I'd always wanted to play that in a way that was um, uh, professional. And not because I grew up in London, or at least I grew up part of my life listening to Western music, I wanted to play that Indian instrument with that group of people, not just with Indian music. And so I struggled a lot because initially, to get people to play with you, you have to have gigs and recording opportunities available because then they see the money. Otherwise, they're not getting paid for something that they're investing energy in. And as independent musicians, we know how hard it is to get paid for your music unless you've got an opportunity. I really wanted to do that. Uh, my parents um, grew up in, my, my grandparents are from India. My parents grew up in East Africa. I grew up in, I was born in London, spent some of my time in Lagos, Nigeria. I was always around my father who has an entrepreneurial business himself. So I think I must have seen some of that amazing uh, risk-taking experiences from him. But uh, at the same time, I I feel like I've always been interested in yoga, in meditation, in philosophy, in wisdom. Initially, I started out with like the self-help stuff, the Tony Robbins stuff. But as I got interested more and more, I realized that I was very much interested in consciousness and what spirituality means in finding the self in um, instilling the mind. And so uh, that led me on a journey myself where I met a spiritual teacher that I really, really decided that this was the person that I want to connect myself with. This is the person who I feel has many of the answers in life and who can guide me in a way to feel more balanced, to feel more connected, to feel more at home with myself, to feel more at peace with myself. I think that we all go through life with internal battles. Like one part of us is fighting another part of us. And you can think of this in many levels, like at a very external level, uh, we're, we're asking ourselves, should I write a book or should I make a podcast? At a very, uh, and then when you bring that closer to home, should I eat this or should I eat that? Or uh, should I uh, spend time with this person or should I spend time with that person? But really internally, should I think this thought or should I think that thought? Which thought is more empowering for me? Which thought is gonna drive me in the right direction? Uh, which one is going to bring me to connect with myself at a deeper level so that if I am more in tune with who I am, then I'm able to make the more appropriate decisions that are going to direct and drive my life forward. So I really resonated with that. I learned about meditation from him. Uh, I learned meditation as a way of stilling the mind, which then allows you to connect with yourself deeper. And I think all of those things allow me to be 
less flustered when it really matters. Um, and also there's, you know, there's a few like underlying principles that I feel are really have just stuck with me. One is that at the end of the day, nobody can do anything for me but myself. Um, number two, I am the captain of my ship. Like every single thing that I do is going to drive my direction. And so reacting as opposed to responding is going to be detrimental to the way that I'm, I'm driving this life. The third thing is that their past does not equal the future. Like anything I've ever done up till this very moment does not determine anything that I'm ever going to do going forward. So that cannot be a limiting belief. The, the idea that my doubt about a future activity cannot be true because the past does not equal the future. So these are some ideas. Byron Katie, who's an amazing author, she's written a lot of great books. And do the work, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And she says that no two people ever meet each other. No two people ever meet each other. They only meet their thoughts about each other. So just imagine that, like, even you and I, if we're listening to each other fully right here, right now, without any other thoughts, other, any other ideas, any other informational um, bits popping in our head about each other or what to say next or what question to ask mm -hmm. me next, we're not really listening. But the moment that we can truly be present with each other and just share and the other person listens and vice versa, we begin to really understand that human to human connection. Otherwise, it's just like I'm saying something, the listener's listening, thinking something else in their mind. Yeah, but not it's, it's waiting for a gap to speak. I know exactly what you're talking about. If you have a, like, a list of questions, it's that right. I've asked a question. I'm waiting for you to are you getting near the end? OK, here's the next question. Sometimes, you know, you've ask a question that's kind of been covered before in a different way, but it's not like in your set format because life doesn't work like that. You've got to go with it and be present. I know that is getting deep and I love that. I'm going to almost peel it back to the, to the basics almost that time when you had that, you know, that cross in the road, that fork, you had to make that choice. And that's something I think all people can relate to that pulling. And a lot of people go one way when they maybe felt like they should have gone one, another way and they end up going, coming back like years later tell us about that that struggle that conflict that you had around that time and ex expectations that were placed on you yeah i mean so i come from an indian background and uh, most indian families would expect their kids to to study some of the more linear disciplines so being a doctor being an accountant being a pharmacist being a dentist etc and um i didn't go down that route but i did study in the medics field so i went ahead and studied genetics for three years at university that was my degree and uh i always i was truly fascinated with it i was very interested in it which is why i went down that route i never felt forced i never felt like i i didn't get to do something that i didn't want to do like it was what i wanted to do at the time and then i even went ahead after the degree and applied for a phd and then went over to i think it was oxford for an for an interview um and while I was at university, I also kicked off the music business, which is what we talked about earlier. I definitely started in 2005, 2004 to actually teach people about getting more gigs, selling more music. So that was growing steadily. And the fact that that was growing made my decision easier that I could actually do and work and focus on building this community of musicians and serving them and earn money from it and not have to do something that I'm absolutely still not sure about. The other thing that was really interesting was that I took a job after my university and uh, I was basically working in the medical field and uh, I would leave my, I was staying with my parents at that point. So after university, so I came back, I, I would go every morning to the bus stop, take the bus to, to work and come back. And it would be five long days of work, something that I was brand new exposed to, but there was this, and it, it worked okay for a few weeks, but there was two things that happened. The very last week that I stayed there, on the Monday, 
uh, two buses didn't arrive. It was wet and rainy and it was cold. And those two things I don't like. And the fact that I had to wait for this bus just outside the end of my road for like 45 minutes really just put a, a nail in the coffin to say that, you know what, this is not work I'm enjoying. And the second thing is in that very same month, I generated more money in that music company than I had in that one month of working nine to five for four weeks. And I realized that there's no way that I can do this right now. I've got to put all my energy and love and passion into the thing that I'm actually excited about. If it doesn't work, I'm still at my parents' house. I'll be here for another year. It's okay. But up till then, let me give it everything I can and make this thing work. And yeah, it worked out to be the right choice. I love, I love that. I love the simplicity of, you know, you've got that, that specific moment and it is sometimes little things like that. It comes back to basic human needs of like shelter and food and just, I can really picture that standing in the rain. It's painful. I, th I can relate to it in some ways. When I was in a, you know, employment meetings, I had that same kind of feeling where you just feel like your life is wasting away when there's ones when you 100% do not need to be there, but it's to tick a box, even though it's completely irrelevant for you to be there and you could be with your family or doing something creative or helping the world. So it's amazing that you've made, you've brought that out of me just now because it really just sings very nicely to this idea of don't sleep on it. You know, like so many people are doing work they do not find encouraging or enlivening or enthralling or fun or passionate. Uh, and it may be that they're doing that work because they have to get paid and then therefore they have to put food on the table and, and things like that. And that's okay. I understand that. But at the same time, those people have within them what I believe are amazing pieces of value, of nuggets, of wisdom, of experiences, of skills and talents that they can share with the world. And they're not doing it. Mm. So don't, call, don't sleep on it. It's a call to unleash what you know and who you are to the world because they need that. Because there are people out there that will benefit from those ideas. And in return, you can build something that is meaningful, that matters to the world, that is profitable for you, and that creates impact and joy in your life. I love that. Just to let people know, this is on a Sunday. And if I was employed or work doing something I didn't love, there is no way I'd be doing this on a Sunday. And even within my sort of the structure of what I do, I'm very disciplined in sort of like boundaries and rules I do. And I don't, gen I don't do interviews on a Sunday, but like any, there's always an exception to the rule of special occasion. And ultimately it came down to, is this work? It's whether work and, you know, play and that, that blurring happens. And at the end of the day, I almost shot myself in the foot. because I'm like, I don't do interviews on a Sunday, but then I was like, well, I want to speak to Cavett tomorrow morning. So these are my, you know, there's always an exception to the rule. And at the end of the day, you know, this is what I want to do. And it's, unless it's something like that and people listening, that's not going to get you up on, on a Monday morning or even a Sunday morning, potentially. Really important what you're uh, bringing out there. You mentioned, obviously, about your spiritual teacher. Who do you think helped awaken your alpha? And there could be a couple of key figures. I have to start with my mum. Uh, I think that she uh, has never said no to anything that we've that me or my brothers have ever wanted to do and credit to her for doing that because uh it it perhaps is a difficult time in culture many years ago when it was very appropriate for for indians to be those various different professions and for her to say you know what do whatever it is that make you happy and that will make us happy was really quite amazing and so i do remember her saying that on multiple occasions and i think that definitely creates it may not be like anything massive, but it creates the foundation, the fertile ground for you to, go, to open your mind and explore new things. So definitely put a lot of credit towards her. When I was um, 16, I went to uh, the Tony Robbins seminar, Unleash Your Power Within. 
I have no clue what to expect. I had no idea. I'd never read any of his books except the small notes from a friend. And uh, I was sponsored to go to that event. And I went for the four days and it really just opened my mind to possibility, to being able to do anything you want to do at any time. And you can make that happen with the power of your mind, uh, with the power of your planning, with the power of your purpose. So all those things were really crucial, really important to me. Um, I've had many other people throughout the journey that I've gone to for, so I read a lot, so I read from a huge number of people. I did an NLP course for seven days with Topher Morrison, which was unbelievable. Uh, I also um, have listened to many authors and speakers at talks. One of the greatest influences in my life is a book called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. So hearing him speak in London was a great opportunity. And I've always known that I want to write a book. I've always, always known that. But you see people writing books, and I don't have specific names, but when you do see people writing books, and you see that they can do it, and they can produce work, and it actually goes and has an impact in the world, it encourages you more and more to do it. And so uh, these are the kind of people that have really had an impact in awakening my alpha. Awesome. Um, I love you where you started talking about books as well. And just as a sign up, I do not think it's a coincidence that both our books are going to be out in the, in the same year, within a, a few months of each other. I think that's absolutely awesome and not a coincidence. I want to talk a little bit more about the book, a big perspective, and so just breaking it down. I mean, it's in three main sections, um, business fundamentals, and there's something I, want to, I picked out of there that I really want to touch in, dig into a little bit. Levering your expertise and marketing your course. I really want to dig into levering your expertise because I think there's some really interesting points there, but just in the first, we're not going to go through all the business fundamentals. People can buy the book if they want to really dig into that now. But something I thought was really powerful was I want to talk about rethinking your value yeah. and what you mean by that. And uh, yeah, I want to dig into that concept. I think it's very powerful. So I think it, it matters in, in multiple ways. One is that when you believe that you have something to share with the world, and you know that your talent, your skill, your expertise, your value will be received by somebody and have an impact in somebody's life, that's an incredible thing. But people aren't always ready to receive stuff in the way you might want to share it. So like you might be really good at, at uh, playing basketball and you want to teach people how to play basketball. If you don't have a methodology of how you share that with, with them, they're not going to be able to digest and understand it in the right way. The first thing is how you package your knowledge and your understanding. The second thing is realizing that your value is not equal to, in the traditional sense of a job, the number of hours you work. So if you work eight hours a day, it doesn't mean you're going to be able to produce or give eight hours of value. Value doesn't work that way. What you know and what you have and what you have experienced in your life and you can share with others can impact people in really many multiple exponential ways. How is because you have to look at the value at the outcome of your value rather than the hours of your value. So the outcome of your value is if let's say you're somebody who helps somebody uh, get uh, reduce their weight, lose their weight. So if you help someone lose their weight, then what you can do is help someone achieve better fashion because they're fitting into the dress that they like. They're feeling more beautiful about themselves because they're they're not concerned about their body weight. Uh, they are eating more healthily and happier, and therefore they're less prone to disease. These are the things that you can produce as an outcome for the time and energy you put into serving that person. You measure your value by the outcome, not by the hours. And that's what you need to rethink. That's what you need to rewire and re-understand about what it is that you're talking about. 
So that chapter number one, which is rethinking your value, talks about that. And, it, and the, the quote there, I'll read the quote there, is, is that don't tell people how good you make the goods. Tell them how, goods, how good your goods make them. And that's what it talks about. It's not like I can give you six hours of time. It's more like in the time that we work together, these are the results you're going to get. Yeah. These are the outcomes you're going to get. And you can only do that by visualizing their outcomes and then speaking to them in that language. I love that. And it's, I think that's so huge. It's interesting when you're talking about the, the hours and values and the outcome. This is something that you always, like anything, you need to practice this and remind yourself. And uh, thinking of it, some days where I may have spent a lot of hours doing something and I don't feel like the outcomes are there. And I feel, you know, you feel stressed. You feel like you feel like you need to do more. And then other days when you might not have put the hours in, but you've got specific results or you've been more efficient with your time. And that, that I think that once you get a little bit of result and you, you, you start to get your mindset that way, it, it motivates you to become even more efficient with your time. And what are you doing and making sure you're doing priority activities and, you know, not doing a task for four hours when you can do it in 30 minutes. Um, yeah. and, and once you get that grasp, that mindset, you're able to maybe work a few hours a day on some days, but produce specific outcomes and feel relaxed and fulfilled as opposed to the other extreme, which it happens to me. And it's quite painful where you've, you've spent maybe eight, nine, 10 hours and you, in theory, you should feel satisfied. You've done a full day's work in the traditional sense and more, and you feel ugh, like you've got to get up early and you've got to, you don't feel like you've achieved anything. I think that's, that's a huge mindset shift. And I think, one that we need to kind of remind ourselves of and practice. Tell us a little bit about leveraging your, leveraging your expertise because this is a whole section of the book and I think there's so many interesting concepts around that because in theory, in the traditional sense, I want to help more people, I've got to put more hours in. So tell us a little bit about some of the key concepts around leveraging your expertise. Yeah, great. So following on from your point, the previous point, which is how do I help more people in the amount of time that I have. So one is I've got to realize the value that I am and my value is dictated by the results I produce, not by the hours I put in. So if my value is, is, is deducted from the results I produce, if it comes from the results I produce, then it doesn't matter whether I work one hour, five hours, 10 hours, 24 hours, because it's, amount of the res it's about getting someone to that result. I could do that one-to-one, -one. I could do that one-to-many, uh, or I could do that virtually, or in person. And so leveraging your expertise is to first figure out that what is it that I am really good at and I help people achieve those outcomes. And once I figured out what those outcomes are, how do I package that information and that knowledge in a way that reaches as many people as possible, has as much impact as possible, and therefore produces for me the kind of revenue that I want in my life for me to grow my business. So leveraging your expertise, the very first step is to think about the steps. So there is an activity in the book that I really recommend you check out. It's called visualizing your, uh, mapping your reality. And the idea is that somebody right now is in a current state in their life. Let's say somebody wants to lose weight. Right now they're overweight. They may have some health issues. They may not feel very good about themselves, therefore low self-worth, self-esteem. That's kind of where they are right now. And where they want to go is to feel beautiful, to look beautiful, to fit into that dress, to, to have that beach body, to eat healthily, to feel right. There is a big jump from the current reality to the ideal reality. And you have to take them from A, the current reality, to, the, to B, the ideal reality, through a series of steps. Your first step, if you want to try to leverage your expertise, is to outline what those steps are in the journey. 
if you can outline those steps in the journey, you start to create a roadmap that you could share, you could replicate, you could copy and paste and share with as many people as possible and they would follow that roadmap to achieve results. So your same value multiplied with as many people as possible will reach the kind of um, numbers that you might want to reach an impact if you have a model. So the very first step is to create a model, to make it catchy, to make it attractive, to make it memorable. Um, in the automated business system service, we have three stages. We have strategy, implementation, marketing, coaching. Uh, Emeth, Michael Gerber, in his series of books, he talks about seven stages in the business. And his model is based around seven key areas that you have to optimize to grow and automate your business. So Awaken Your Alpha, right? You have three A's in your process that are memorable, that are easy. So in the same way, you have to create a model. And then once you create a model, you can then share and teach that model with video, with audio, with eBooks, with CDs, with DVD programs, with coaching programs, at talks, at presentations, in, in books, etc. And then you begin to leverage and take your one key idea, your one core teaching, your understanding, and reach as many people as possible in the world by having massive impact because you've structured your knowledge or value in a way that reaches people. Time has nothing to do with that. It's really a case of being able to be as clear as possible in your mind about your concepts. And that's why it's really hard, I think. It's very easy for people to, to, to jump around to think about uh, how many hours can I put in today? How many hours can I put into tomorrow? Without really focusing on the quality and value of the material they're creating. And that's because it is hard work to sit and create clear ideas. It is hard work to be very clear about what sets you apart. It is hard work to be clear to make sure in your head that you have a structure that includes everything. And so um, th these are some of the key ideas that are here in the book. And the book really walks you through a, a process. And there are so many different bonuses at the end of every chapter. You can go online and find the bonuses once you buy the book, which walk you through this entire process, worksheets that allow you to go through the process. I love it. And when you said about you know creating your model, and I, I think the important thing is, the different formats and how it, it's like your core, it's your process, your intellectual property, but also sometimes coaches can someone or experts, they can get very protective over their ideas. Like it's, you know, this is the, it's just for a few select people. But I think once you get over that and put it out there into as many different formats as possible, when you mentioned about my model, Awaken Your Alpha and the awareness, action, ascension, the fact that that's, that's in a, an 18 minute TED talk, that's in the, that's the framework for the book. That's, you know, that's what basis of when I coach people and work with people that's out there. You know, the fact that you said like one to many and sort of someone, I, I met someone yesterday and uh, it's always nice to hear. They said, they said, I watched your Ted talk and straight away th that inspiration that's out there and the, the, the core framework, they know what I'm about in terms of, if we look at it from a bit on, you know, an online business strategist and, and marketing point of view, they know what I'm all about. They know my core. They know, there's going to be no surprises there. And like you say, it's, it's that having that confidence that this is what you're all about, taking the time to think out these are the st stages and steps. You can always go deeper. And part of what you do, and I know I do, you're always evolving. You're always learning. So the, yeah. the, 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 tools, and, the tools may change and things evolve, but the, the, the overlying principles and strategies and what, what it is you, you, you do in your processes, that is, kind of, that is out there for as, you know, as many people who want to buy the book, who want to follow you online. It's, I think... Once people get over that and stop trying to protect their ideas and views, I, yeah. I think that's a huge barrier to a lot of people. And I also like for your book, and I've sort of heard this advice before from speaking to experts before, you know, put your, put your $10,000 idea or whatever it is into the book. Ultimately, putting it out there for free, you know, $10, $20. It's it, in the big scale of things. If, 
that's literally paying for the paper it's printed on. It's, it, you know, it's, it's putting it out there and laying your soul bare. So uh, I think you made some really good points there. What do you think, I mean, I could have just nicked one from you there, but what do you think is some of the, the barriers people have and why they don't do that? And when you have clients come to you that they need to overcome around this leveraging their expertise? Yeah, so there's reasons why people don't start a business at all. And then there's reasons why people don't, aren't willing to scale by leveraging their ideas. So first of all, I think people don't start a business because number one, they, don't, they, they say they don't have enough time. Like I don't have enough time or this isn't the right time or now isn't a good time for me. And at the end of the day, if you really want to share as much of what you know with the world and have as much impact, and impact is the only way you're gonna produce income, is the, is that there's no better time than right now. Like there are people in the world that need what you have. There are people in the world, if you help someone overcome a weight issue, there are people that need what you know. If you help someone get into a, get into a college, there are kids and students that need what you know to help them super fast track that process. If you help people um, get, over, get over confidence issues and worth issues, there are people right now that need that. If you help people live a happier, fulfilling life and not fall into the trap of sadness and depression, there are people that need that right now. This is the time to do that work. And so there is no better time than right now. And it really is a case of reprioritizing what you're doing in your life and making this important. Because we do so many things in our life and we, we, we wither away time because we are unconscious when it comes to how we're using our time. Because we're spending all of our hours just getting things done on our to-do list, just being unmeaningful in the way we're actually carrying out activities, we're not realizing that hours and hours are going by, days and days and therefore weeks and weeks are going by in our lives where we're not doing things that matter. And ultimately this whole book, this whole piece of work is about can you do work that really matters to you because it's meaningful, it's, effort, it's effortless, it's fun, it's productive, it's, it's also profitable. But at the same time, can you do work that matters for the world, that it helps someone, it moves someone, and it's different to what you're doing? So now is not the right time is one that I hear a lot. Also, I hear uh, I'm not an expert. Uh, therefore, I'm not good enough and qualified enough to put my information out there in the world. And I say to those people that I want you to think about an expertise ladder. So imagine a ladder, right? And if you want to learn how to trade in the stock markets, you could learn, and you're a beginner, you could learn from someone who's already doing and making $5,000 a month. He's consistently making that much money. Or you could learn from someone that's doing $500,000 a month, half a million. Now, it's going to be quite plausible that the person who's doing $5,000 a month is doing simpler, easier, more effective, more efficient strategies to, that are applicable to you than someone who's playing the game at half a million. So I would be more likely to listen to the person that's doing uh, $5,000 a month initially than someone who's doing half a million a month because that person is perhaps more closer to my level than that other person. And so everybody is going to fit on the ladder of expertise. You may not be the best in the world. You may not think you're the best in the world, but right now what you know and where you're at, the level of expertise you have is there and ready to be shared to so many people that need it. And so there's always a place for someone who is willing to say what and share what it is yeah. that they want. I just want to jump in because something you said there that's it's perfect. When you said about, you may not be the best in the world, but I just want to jump in and say, you may be the best in the world for teaching that person 
who is literally one stage below you. Like you say, you may be the best in the world at teaching the $5,000 a month person who's looking for that inspiration. And it, and it purely may it also, in, in for a lot of things, it may be that, that, that position of influence relate, that they relate to you, your background, where you are currently, and what you've done to get there, as opposed to, like you say, the technically the best person in the world at X. They exactly. are not the best person in the world to teach you or to work with you. And that's where the connection comes in. Um, and when you find it, when you get it, that I think you can't underplay that or overlook it. You need, you know, that's what you, you are the best in the world for someone, for something to help them at that point in time, which I think is. Um, yeah. And let's, let's not also forget authenticity and, and uniqueness because there are already people doing what you would want to do. There are already people like, you know, there are hundreds of people running podcasts mm -hmm. and there are many that are very similar to yours but you bring something unique. You bring something powerful. And I've also witnessed that with the level of questions that you've asked here. You build something that's, that's authentic about you and connecting me to your listeners. And so I think that there is a space for everybody as long as you bring what it is different about you, what is unique about you and what is true to you to the work. If you're just going to be a copycat and copy someone else, yes, you can make it work, but you're also easily, I think, going to fail. And that's why it's really important to do work that matters. Yeah. And if we're talking to the other level, when it comes down to fulfillment, that comparing yourself to other people, maybe if you are doing lots of copycat type activities, you're going to inevitably compare yourself a lot to them. And that's, you know, that's, that's not a good road to go down to um, in terms of fulfillment. And you, it's, it's going to be very hard because you're not being yeah, truly exactly. authentic, true yourself. I'm going to do a little alpha round just to finish it off because that's my thing. You, you mentioned a very powerful book for you earlier, but I just want to give you a chance. It may not be the most impactful book for you, but a book recommendation around this subject. Obviously, um, Don't Sleep On It is the book I'm recommending that I'm currently reading. It will be, is available when this podcast is out, so you can go and get that straight away. But is there a book that you either gift, recommend? I know you've uh, gifted me a book or two. <laughs> so is there anything that springs to mind that you think be a valuable resource? I'm going to recommend absolutely any book by Bernadette Jiwa. Uh, she is a really amazing author. I, I recommend you check out any of her books. The, the one specifically to start with is called Marketing, A Love Story. And uh, th these are very short books. Now, perhaps you can read them in two hours, maybe three hours, but she writes really well. She really makes you think. So it's anyone who's a creative, anyone who's creating stuff, anyone who's trying to achieve something, uh, read any book by Bernadette Jiwa, but maybe start with Marketing, A Love Story. Is there a particular quote that really resonates with you? And I know we've mentioned a few um, and you've potentially put them in the book as well but is there a, really, a quote that really um is your approach to life how you like to live your life oh that's a great question and i think that there's the one that i the one that i'm thinking about right now is one that we have covered already but it just it just is so powerful for me it's been a driving force since i have perhaps since i was 16 and it is that i am the captain of my ship and like every decision i make is a decision I'm making that's going to impact me. It's going to impact my family. It's going to impact everybody else. Every decision I'm making requires, therefore, me to be as clear as possible in my thinking, which means that I cannot be clouded and muddled in anything that I think because everything I'm doing has a knock-on effect on the people that are around me. So I am the captain of my ship. Awesome. Is there a particular, and I know this will change and there's, there's so many tools you use, but is there a particular resource that may be quite now or that you, you think is a really useful resource that you use within your business? Um, and if, if it was taken away, you'd be a little bit frustrated for a day or two, maybe. 
I'd be probably be frustrated for quite a while, but the tool I, I'm, I'm going to recommend is one called Asana. And uh, it's a project management tool. There's uh, eight to 10 of us in the company and every single one of us logs in our work there. Uh, what we're doing, what we're tasking, who we're looking at. So if I, even if I don't speak to people in the team for a whole week and I look into the project management tool, I know who's working on what, where they're at, what their status is, who's lagging, who I need to prod. Every single thing is in that one tool and it's so well organized and so well kept. Awesome. We actually, we actually have a rule that if it's not in Asana, it doesn't exist, which means love <laughs> so that everything is really clean. <laughs> Who is someone you would recommend to be interviewed on the show when you think Awaken Your Alpha, apart from myself and yourself? Who do you think, ah, that's someone from my network that has something to share, would bring value to the show that really jumps to mind? Oh, that's amazing. I recommend a guy called Rob Dial. He has 650,000 people following him on Facebook. Uh, he runs a lot of amazing Facebook lives. He produces a lot of short videos uh, that go around quite virally. I think he's really doing some amazing work. He lives in the States. Um, somebody I think you should have on your show. Awesome. Um, and it's just jumped to mind as well. I mean, it, uh, if you're not going to blow your trumpet, I will mention that. I know you've been doing a lot of, obviously a lot of amazing clients we, we, we've helped, but you've been doing a lot of amazing work recently with Jay Shea, who was just named Facebook's number one profile. I know it's right up there absolute pleasure today i know um my podcasts are half an hour this one might be a little bit longer but i just got into it i feel like i could go for hours but discipline it's <laughs> i will speak to you next week anyway i'm sure uh, but it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for coming on and sharing thanks adam thanks for having me glad we can finally do this <laughs> no worries the awaken your alpha podcast thank you again for taking the time to listen to this episode i really do appreciate it and i know time is the most important asset we have head over to awaken your alpha with alw the facebook group and get on the inside join the conversation and please do support the show so i can continue to bring you the best in the world and share with you the struggles as well as the highs head over to ayalpha.com to get any goodies that are going on the website at the time and join the conversation can share this on and recommend it to your friends this is the number one men's development podcast for inspirational stories and strategies for us all to thrive as men i'll see you next time do the little guy a favor subscribe and review it'll help get him off my back